listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm Chuck Peters, and we are in the middle of a family ministry series. Jana Magruder and I got to sit down and have some conversations with some just really cool and amazing family ministry leaders at the Etch Family Ministry Conference in Nashville this past October. And we are happy to bring you this special series where we're talking on uh, all around family ministry. And so we hope that you will enjoy this episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We, uh, man, I grew up watching David Letterman. Me too. And one of my favorite things about, I, can't I don't believe know. I was allowed, okay, because when he was popular, I was pretty young, but my dad loved David Letterman. It was late and night. He, yeah, I know. And I which was, so, was after the Tonight Show, right? Which was the old person's right, night show. Right. And then came on the cool one, yes. which was Letterman, because more edgy and stuff. Letterman, for sure. Now, that I don't stupid know if, human tricks. I don't know if the millennial listeners will remember David Letterman. No, they probably he's, won't. No, he's, he's old <laughs> like us. But Trey, man, he was, do he you was, remember David Letterman? He was Fallon okay. before Fallon was Fallon. Yeah, that's true. Right? Uh, that's same true, that's same kind of thing. But he, one of my favorite things, and so I, I remember for Christmas one year when I was in college, mm-hmm. I wanted the book, it was actually a book, yeah. the book of top 10 lists. Oh, man. Did you get it? Totally. It was Will great. You bring it to the office. I want to see it. Do you still have I, it? It's probably in a box somewhere. Find I don't it. think I got rid of it. You don't get that rid of that. That would be an incredible artifact. It's like Calvin and Hobbes books. You don't get rid of them. Yeah. You just save them. Yeah. So. Find it. Anyhow. Okay. The top 10. Top 10. The book of top 10 lists was awesome because Letterman always had that segment. Yes. That was the top 10 list. It was every night there was a new top every 10. Every night there was a new top 10. And they were so random sometimes. Do you remember any? Um, no. Okay. But they are always funny. And I, I do remember, we'll talk about this at the, uh, you tell me your favorite. Because I have a fun fact that I do remember. Go, go with your fun fact. Let me hear. Okay. What did he do after he said the, the last one? What did he do with the note card? He took card? like the note card and he turned on and he flung it he behind. He flung it. There was like a fake window behind yeah. him on the set. Yeah. And they would play the sound of breaking glass. Right. Who was that that would play that? Paul Schaefer. That's right. In the world's most dangerous band. That's right. Right? See, this is all be like before the roots were the roots. There was Paul Schaefer in the world's most dangerous. That's exactly right. Okay, welcome everyone to Television Nostalgia with Chuck (laughs) and Jana. Well, we're talking about top ten lists because our guest today has his own top ten list for um, much more important. Help us with the words, Jody. What's the top ten list? It's just a ministry leadership top ten. That's it. Of things we just need to consider in a changing culture. Ministry leadership top ten. We need that. We need that. Okay, here's why. Okay. Is because as we get into family ministry and the pressures and things that kids have, it's different. I mean, so we're talking about Letterman in, in our era, mm-hmm. and there's this whole other area of adults now who yeah. didn't grow up with that. And, but the same is true of our kids, kids and students. Well, I mean, I call us, and me being one of them, pioneer parents because we're in uncharted territory. So as much as I love to talk to my mom and she loves to give me parenting advice, it's really hard for her on some subjects because she just hasn't walked in my shoes in terms of navigating all the things that I have to navigate with having two middle school boys and a high school girl in culture today, the things that they face. So we, like my, my girls are in college now, but as they were coming through high school, they got phones, you know, not, not too many years ago. And, and, and that changed things for us when totally. they were texting, we had mom every night, looked at the phone to go through to see what their conversations yep. were. And so now my 13 year old has his phone and he's mm-hmm. texting with his friends and mm-hmm. playing games and things. 
And it's a lot of screen time. Yes, it is. And that changes things, just the way that people have access to our kids and the things that they're dealing with. And that's, um, for some who are the digital native yes. generation, they understand they all are, of that. Right. But many of us. my phone for me. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but this is new territory for parents and for in, in ministry for us to be able Absolutely. to coach kids and help them through all that. Because it introduces a lot of things that we may not be ready for and certainly that kids aren't ready for Right, and we as parents are looking to the church for answers. So how can we equip, I think, I hope this is in the top 10, ministry <laughs> leaders to help us pioneer parents navigate these uncharted territories that we're in. So our guest today is Dr. Jody Dean. Hey, Jody. Hey, Dude, it's we're, to be we're here. glad to have you. And uh, we've been talking a little bit off the, before we started recording here for the episode about all kinds of the things. Sure. And, uh, and your top 10 list is what rose to the top. And so we yes. want to give you the opportunity to take us through your top 10 list. And, uh, but also in the context of that, to talk to us about some of these issues with social media and, and, and with sure. bullying and with just the struggles that kids have these days. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a parent, as a ministry leader, uh, I just started thinking uh, of a top 10 going back to watching Letterman with mom, you know, dad died when I was a kid and uh, my siblings had already passed, and so it was just mom and me. And so one of the fun things is, was no DVR culture. So yeah. if mom wanted to stay up, I stayed up. So hence the Letterman and there the whole go. top ten. And so uh, as we come to ministry, though, in our changing culture, uh, online obnoxiousness is like number one. Yeah. Hmm. Because uh, my kids, all the way to their great grandmother, have uh, social media interaction. And, and texting and uh, FaceTime to be connected to distant grandparents. And so you start going through that. And that, that would be a good use of it. And, and that would yeah. be a great use. Yeah. But then in ministry, we're seeing our ministry leaders that are teaching Bible study, checking into places they probably shouldn't be on the weekend, but mm. then coming into church ready to teach. Or Interesting. You know, you're seeing uh, adolescents all the way to younger kids having unfiltered access. Uh, I was in a pediatrician's office for one of my kids' checkups the other day, and there was a mom handed her three-year-old a phone, and the kid was just on that phone the whole time they were in the waiting room, app after just app. Just unsupervised, just going unsupervised. Through stuff. Yep. It's just like, okay, the kid's not going to make any noises. They're in the corner, all's well. Right. It's, so we're it's gonna the ask pacifier so, for yes. kids who have outgrown their pacifiers. Yeah. So, and then... From baby boomers down, we don't have good examples of how to enter and act online. How do we text with ministry leaders, uh, mm -hmm. with shared adults? Should that be group texting? Or mm -hmm. how do we do male-female interaction in that way? Mm -hmm. um, and so we just keep walking through that. I was even hearing of homecoming dance proposals by text messaging, you know, with teenagers and then kids ministry with preteens. I was uh, driving the church bus on, on a trip recently, and then every preteen on the bus had a phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so, they're just in it. They're yeah, silent. The, they're together, but right. they're not connecting with each other in real time. But they're actually texting one another right. that they're right. on the bus, the bus with. Right. And, and so, I call that together alone time because I'll catch my kids doing that. There's, together a phone yeah, time. Together, See? together alone time. They're together, but they are But it's different. Alone. Yeah. And are we ever really connected? Right. And so you, you go through that top ten, and then the second one I just begin to think about is gender. Um, the gender unicorn from trans.gov has got this whole unicorn uh, image to where you can help kids think through, are they really the gender they were born mm, with? And wow. mm. who are they physically attracted to? Who are they emotionally attracted to? And what is your gender composite? And wow. so as we navigate ministry in a new age, we're having to figure out for the church as well as the parents of helping your kids understand a biblical ethic for even gender. 
Yeah. And, and what does that look like? Uh, uh, my kids are dealing with it, even in uh, at church and Christian schools, yeah. are dealing being around kids no that are navigating right. this. And so, uh, gender is just one of those other aspects that I think, from a Christian value standpoint, it's got to make the top ten. Yeah. It does, and I feel like that is where ministry leaders feel the most intimidated. So you mentioned trans.gov. Right. Is that a good place to go just to educate yourself on what the, I mean, because I hear a, a new identification sure. every day and I don't know what it is or what it means. And obviously and that's it, not a Christian resource. It's, it's not a Christian, a Christian resource. resource. It's a but. government website, just like IRS.gov yeah. that just right. has resources uh, from more of a non-Christian backdrop, but it get, lets you know but at least you're the equipped conversation. Yes. It lets you know the data that's out there. Because so our you, kids hear that language. Uh, and they're in public school, they're seeing that language. Yes, and, they see it. In the other places they're going. So uh, gender, but as you start dealing with online obnoxiousness and gender, then the third one that kind of creeps up is suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw this year alone that YouTube had for elementary kids uh, uh, just a tutorial on how to commit suicide. Oh, my goodness. And so as you start dealing with a third of American kids are going to bed every night without a parent in the home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. there's a fatherless situation. So, moms at work right, or something. Huh? Exactly. So, as uh, the Center for Parenting, the Center for Fathering, they're putting statistics out on the family. You're starting to see this aspect of well, if if online is where I'm finding community and it's not chaperoned, it's unfiltered, mm -hmm. and if gender is going to be a fluid conversation around their peers mm -hmm. and there's an absence of a parenting relationship, then we've known for years, then they find that mm -hmm. uh, role among a peer before they even find it with us in ministry. Right. They yeah. seek out a peer to help them navigate. So uh, number three then is just um, dealing with suicide, and then four just then creeps up bullying. Because every seven minutes a kid's being bullied. In a recent survey among students in elementary, junior high, and high school, it said one out of four will be bullied before they graduate. And I believe that. Just I do listening too. to the stories and reading and my own children's experiences, I believe that. And that could be in person or it could be cyberbullying, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so cyberbullying is great because the biggest place cyberbullying happens is with online gaming. Mm. because you're connecting through gaming yeah. and that's the one place parents really they may check the apps on your phone or they mm -hmm. may check uh, up on your social media or see who you've been texting mm -hmm. and uh, those kind of things but do we really dive deep into who's connecting right. uh, on the gaming it's true and and all the filters and things like that aren't going to catch that kind of stuff on the gaming so that is a really mm. good reminder yeah so i believe that gets us to five so as number six would be abuse uh, we live in a, a reporting culture to where ministers have got to learn mandatory reporting and help parents understand what that means. If, if something comes up uh, in our ministry environment, whether it's at camp, whether it's on Sunday morning, whether it's during the week when we're doing an event or another ministry uh, time together, then as, as ministers and ministry leaders, we've got to report within 24 hours uh, what we're hearing that rises to that level, physical, emotional, wow. uh, sexual, whatever that may be. And so that's a, that's on the top 10, uh, no ranking order, but yeah, they all kind of cascade yeah, yeah, together. We should clarify that, right? This right. is unlike Letterman's top 10. Right. right. These are not force ranked. Right. These are just 10 issues, some of them equal in weight, 
that, that we need to be aware of and that we need to be prepared for. And given on the week in your church, they may have a different order. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. If you've got a kid that you find out they've been being bullied, then it may move up the list for you. Um, on another week, it may be my facilities are, are causing some problems because they is were that on created. The list? It is. Okay, let's get there. the next one. <laughs> is our, most of us inherited facilities to do ministry that were not designed with a top 10 like this in mind. Okay. And so if you are looking at building a home now, you, you see on HGTV, most homes are going with an open floor plan. Mm -hmm. So you can see open and concept. be together and, mm -hmm. and not have the seclusion of everybody finding their room and just being apart. Right. And so you're finding that open concept to where in ministry space, as you look at new architecture, new church buildings, they're more open to bring people together, but that also allows us as shepherds to really have that 360 degree supervision, yes. that mm -hmm. oversight, that looking around to say, hey, what's the threats from inside the body and what's the threats from outside that could come in, whether that be an active shooter or whether that be a a disgruntled parent that they've separated and he no longer has custodial rights coming to pick yeah. up a kid yeah. or coming to pick up a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, that ex-boyfriend that did not get the promposal together and it just didn't go well. You know, mm -hmm. whatever those may be in our ministries now, uh, just we've really been in a cycle of rethinking security and supervision, but our facilities are one of the first places we go to begin thinking about how do we provide that oversight. Um, Every ministry has a volunteer culture, so that's the next on the list of just thinking about that volunteer culture because any given week, people are absent. Kids yep. sick, vacation, work schedule changed. So our volunteers are not always there every week. They're committed, but they're not always there every week. And Sometimes so, they're committed. <laughs> that's true. And, but as you think about those facilities, then that also helps us to be able to have that overwatch if a volunteer is running late right. or a volunteer has to step away for something, then there's more sight lines, more uh, supervision able to take place there. So that facility might be a hard thing. Going back one more point, sure. if I have the facility that lets me give, have that viewpoint where I can see everything, I may have an advantage. Mm -hmm. and, but if I don't, there's not a lot I can do to change the facility, right? right. So that may one of the, be one of those things that I have to come up with other solutions. Correct. And so what I recommend for ministry leaders to do is just with the new top 10 kind of in place as we have these talking points to just walk through your building, prayer walking, mm -hmm. and just walk through it with fresh eyes to go, okay, a parent coming in, what are they seeing in a school system that they expect? Is there a check-in desk where I sign in as a visitor mm -hmm. and get a badge to go to my kid's room or go have lunch with them? Mm -hmm. And so what kind of security mindset do they have when they arrive, what, what are they expecting to see from uh, as they navigate space? So, and what does those interactions look like? And yeah. so I would just say, begin by prayer walking your facilities with fresh eyes going, what would a family expect when they come? And as I navigate that, um, begin asking some parents, or if you've not visited area schools in a while, visit some schools to see what they're doing to help families feel safe and secure and connected. Good word. That is. All right. What's next? Uh, next is uh, in shepherding the environment is just um, being reminded that through all this, there's still a culture of sin. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to always be navigating a culture of sin, even as it changes. The talking points of the 70s mm -hmm. were different talking points in the 80s that cascaded to different talking points in the 90s. And it, we find ourselves so many years mm -hmm. removed from that. The talking points are still bottom line the same mm -hmm. uh, as 
as, as creatures that God created, we have a sinful nature. And that sinful nature is always going to find its way uh, into the body of Christ. And so we need to continue to confront sin as we navigate a changing culture. And just continue to have that mindset because we're never going to be able to get away from it. We're just need, going to need to be ahead of the enemy. And does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. I grew up. But we need to have our eyes open on that. Right. right. Because we, we can uh, either think it's, it's not a problem. Or it's not right. a problem here. Right. Or we know that sin is a problem, but we don't give it the attention that it, that we, right. we're not as defensive against it right. as maybe we should be. And so teaching families, teaching ministry leaders to just remember that sin is sin. And so we need to navigate that with kids so they understand it, with students. We need to navigate that with families. We need to navigate that with volunteers that, uh, hey, character is important here. And being the body of Christ is important. And we're going to keep that the main thing. We may have to change facilities. We may have to change our volunteer process. We may have to do some different training and some different background checks as, as we grow through this. And we may have to talk about some difficult topics like gender and bullying and some things that make us a little uncomfortable as families and as, as leaders. But it's important that we confront these things to where we have an apologetic for the faith and a biblical ethic behind it so people understand how we're approaching the topics. As, as, as a parent dealing with other parents all the time, I'm just finding parents struggle to even navigate those topics. True. And so and so just helping people do that. It's great. All right, what's next? Um, the last one is just personal for me, and that's um, as a minister, I grew up without a dad. And so uh, there were men that mentored me in my home church. And uh, as we have this changing culture, we can't lose mentoring as, yes. as a process for discipleship. And yes, we may have to approach mentoring differently, but there are still kids and teenagers that be, need to be mentored by someone more mature in the faith that gets it. We just need to be sure we shepherd that environment and protect those people. Mm -hmm. And so it may be they need to do it in a group of two or three, not one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. But we still need to let people have the freedom that, yes, it's okay to invest in people's lives and go right. to that next step in helping them develop their faith and live that faith out. And so as we're aware of this changing culture and, and these hard topics, yeah. Hopefully it's not one the enemy is going to use to push us back away from kids. Right. But cause us to want to be around them and love even more at a greater level. Right. Because if we overcorrect out of fear and we stop investing in kids' lives because we just don't even want to go there in case, you know, something strange happens and I'm accused even though I didn't do anything. Right. Um, I think there's a fear-based culture that we're developing, unfortunately, out of some of these top ten. Um, so how can we encourage leaders to still want to invest in kids and students i encourage uh my wife and i've been walking this road too as we still serve in children and youth ministry is that um it impacts everything it impacts trips and bible yeah. studies uh social interactions it impacts other students and other families is we still got to engage yeah and uh and so even if it's uncomfortable we're still engaging so that means friends are still coming over to play with my kids mm -hmm. that means other families are still invited but just recently we had another family over for dinner and their daughter wanted to ring a bell that i just hung on our back porch that came from my grandfather's house he died earlier this mm -hmm. year and I, I was given a bell off his barn mm -hmm. and uh, she wanted to ring it but i looked at her parents and said it's okay for me to pick her up yeah i just yeah and, and, 
a few years ago, I'd have just you naturally have just picked twice. the kid up because right. she asked. But, but you I wouldn't her, know if that could be crossing yeah. a line. Even though yeah. we're in the, my home, right? Yeah. even though we're all together really just hanging example. out, it's yeah. just being aware of, mm-hmm. hey, yes, we're still going to lean in and you're still going to know it's a safe place. Right. But we're just going to naturally begin to put that mindset into working through those filters when we're even connecting in our homes. Because the research about godly men and women pouring into the lives of kids and students is profound. Yes. It is the, it's kind of a deal breaker that uh, might make the difference between a kid who leaves the church and comes back or doesn't come back. Um, So I think that we have to continue leaning in. Research tells us that that's what makes the difference in terms of our our kids later as as adults and our teenagers as they're leaving and coming back. um, It can make all the difference. So I appreciate that. That's a really good word and one that um, our listeners, I hope, will, will resonate with. So our top 10 list, yeah. top 10, 10 big tips, put them in any order you want, and any they may order. be different in your context. But you're probably going to have all 10 you any given Sunday. You probably will. You will. That's Man, a, a good, good word. word. Yeah. Dr. Jody Dean, thank you. Thank you so, so much. So good to have you thank here. You. We appreciate, appreciate your presence at the Etch Conference mm-hmm. and on our Etch podcast. Thank you for having the, me. Uh, the, the insight that the Lord has given you is valuable to the church. And so thank, thank you. you for sharing thank you. and multiplying your, your ministry as you uh, speak to other leaders. So we appreciate your friendship. Thanks, man. Thank Thank you. you. All right, I'm going to take the card and I'm going to fling it through the window. Ready? All right, let's do it. There we go.